0: Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them all across London. This story was told by Emily Lusson in November 2011. When the theme was transitions. Transitions are tough. I know this because I switched dentists quite recently. (laughs) My former dentist, who I had for about 20 years, is named Morty Hershowitz. Now, his name isn't actually Morty Hershowitz, um, although his actual name is no less Um, (laughs) Semitic-sounding. Morty Hershowitz is just an alias I'm going to use for reasons that should become obvious pretty soon. Now, Morty wasn't just a dentist. He was a friend. And he had this whole community of sort of folksy, socialist, sexagenarians who would get together and... You know, play cooperative games where everyone wins and (laughs) sing sing old union shanties. And my parents were newcomers to Canada. They were new immigrants from South Africa and they were on the market for some friends. And Morty's community embraced them wholeheartedly. So going to the dentist wasn't a chore like it is for most people, it was kind of like a holiday. Not like Christmas or Easter, but like a civic holiday. Um, and twice a year, I would get to take the day off school and my mom would take the day off work and my brothers would take the day off school and we'd all go downtown together um, and we'd see Morty. And this was like a whole day occurrence because it took about an hour to get there. I lived in the in the suburbs of Toronto and an hour to get back and you would see us all consecutively and you'd always start late and dental appointments were quite leisurely. So I'd sit in the chair and he'd put on some ragtime and he'd full my mouth up with a bunch of furniture and then he'd say, so Emily, tell me a story. And I would like drool one out. And then he'd tell me about the latest wedding he'd crashed or his whole theory about how he was related to the great ragtime pianist and composer George Gershwin. Uh, And he told me this new theory about every time I saw him. Uh, So that's about 40 times. Um... And then after when I would leave, he would give us a little gift from the treasure chest and a hug. And that would be it until six months from then. Now, my dad worked downtown, and he didn't really have time for these Marathon Morty Dental Family Day sessions. So he opted for a bit of a separate arrangement. Um, And basically, he would ask for the very first dental appointment in the day. um, And Morty was always late. So when Morty arrived... The uh, receptionist would give my dad a call at work and say, Morty's here. And it would take my dad less time to grab his briefcase and run downstairs and take the subway five stops um, than it would for Morty to, you know, have his morning coffee and put his gloves on. Now, Morton was a quirky guy. I remember going to a puppet show with him once as a kid, and um, he just dominated the Q&A afterwards with questions of puppet sexuality. (laughs) Obviously, because someone needed to ask those, right? It would have been awkward if no one had. I tell myself... Yeah, I don't know, though. Um, And although I didn't have another dentist to compare him to, per se, I knew his practices were a little bit unorthodox, Because when everyone else was getting braces in the fifth grade, and I wanted some, Morty told me that braces were actually just a way for orthodontists just to get money. (laughs) Um, And then in middle school, we had this magazine fundraiser. I presume the money went to the school, at least some of it, although I'm not sure. And basically, there was sort of a system of incentives. You had to go and sell a bunch of magazines, and you had a catalog with all the magazines listed on them. And the more you sold, the less sucky your prize was. And everyone else did really well because they would go and ask their dentist to buy magazine subscriptions, and they would. And when I would ask Morty, he only really subscribed to sort of, you know, alternative lefty magazines with names such as the Utney Reader, and he never really wanted to buy any of the magazines, and so I always lost quite terribly. Morty's office overlooked a swimming pool at a hotel next door, and it was like this beautiful, glimmering swimming pool, and when I got a little bit older, Morty came to me and my brother with a plan. Okay, next time I see you, i.e. in six months from now, bring your bathing suits. And Morty had already done a bit of a reconnaissance um, sort of mission to the hotel. And he knew how we could sneak in and where we could leave our bathing, where we could change and leave our stuff and how we could jump into the pool and maybe go to the hot tub. So we had it all figured out. So six months from then, my brother and I come to our dental appointments, but we have our bathing suits before we sneak into the hotel with Morty, he lays down the one ground rule. Okay, so if any of us are to meet someone of the opposite sex, it's everyone for themselves, okay? <laughs> and I was like, cool, so if I meet like some hotties in the pool, I don't have to tell them that I'm here with my elderly dentist? Awesome. Um, and we went to the pool, and we went to the hot tub, and anytime anyone really asked us where we were from, before me or my brother could say anything, Morty would be like, oh, around, you know, here and there. (laughs) And while none of us met any hotties, a great day was had by all. But things started to go downhill a little bit with Morty. He was slowing down. And instead of taking just a chunk of the day, dental appointments just took the whole day. And we'd stop for lunch, which sounds really great, except not when you're getting your teeth cleaned. And the last time I saw him, he was sort of getting the plaque out from in between my teeth with this sharp implement. um, And he missed my mouth and he cut my cheek on the way down. And it, it really wasn't a big deal. It was just a minor scratch, an insignificant injury, until I realized, you know, if Morty's missing my mouth, like this big gaping hole in my face right here, what are the sort of more precise things in my mouth he's also not getting? And my whole family decided that maybe it was time for us to find another dentist because Morty needed to retire and everyone knew that but Morty. So my dad sent him a card explaining everything and thanking him for everything and we never heard back from him. A few months later I was in downtown Toronto and I was in his building um, and Morty basically shared an office with another dentist. So I thought I'd just go back and go up and say hello and so I went up and I asked the receptionist if Morty was there, and she just looked at me, and she was confused. And it seemed like he hadn't been there for a while. My parents saw him a couple weeks ago over Canadian Thanksgiving, and he was unrecognizable and not particularly lucid. It turns out that Morty had Parkinson's. And remember that sort of cheek-scraping incident of, like, 30 seconds ago? Yeah, early stages. Um... And he wasn't recognizable because he'd lost all his teeth. And you feel sorry for someone who's lost their teeth, except when they're your dentist for 20 years, in which case you feel a little bit, that, that, that sort of pity is just twinged with a little bit of concern for yourself as well. <laughs> I used to tell this riddle when I was a kid, and it went something like this. You're in a town and there's two barbers. One has this really neat barbershop and this perfect haircut. And the other one has like a super messy barbershop with hair all over the floor and the worst haircut ever, like a bowl cut or a mushroom cut or something like that. Which one do you go to? And I know you're all thinking that you go, obviously, to the neat barbershop with the barber with a nice haircut. But in a town of two barbers, a nice haircut and a clean barbershop isn't necessarily an indicator of, you know, good taste and good sort of ability, um, because why does that one barber have such a neat shop? Because everyone takes their business at the other barber shop. And why does he have such an excellent coif? Who gave him that excellent haircut? The only other barber in town who got a mushroom cut in return. <laughs> so you actually wanna go get your hair cut at the barber with a bad haircut. And there are like 30 reasons why this paradigm Of the bad haircut, good barber, doesn't really fit with my toothless former dentist. (laughs) So my mom found us a new dentist, and uh, his name was Dr. Mann, and I'm not actually making that up, that's his real name, and he was a South African Jew, which is sort of something I attribute to some sense of weird kinship within my mom, you know, it's like you gotta... Go to your own for the dentist, you know? Um, So I went to Dr. Mann's, and things just didn't feel right. Um, For example, I was in and out in like half an hour, and when you're used to having like five-hour dental appointments, you're like... I'm getting ripped off here. You know, what, what am I not getting? Um, and things were just really sterile. <laughs> Which I guess is a good thing. And he played top 40. And like he tried to relate to me, you know. And, and he said that the revolution had just happened in Egypt. And he said to me, you know, Emily, in the way that like one person of the Jewish persuasion kind of identifies and confides in the other. I don't know if this is going to be good for Israel. and i was like really dude like you know the egyptians had to have a dictator for the last 30 years and you're worried about israeli come on dr man show some brotherhood you know and um you know he also said that my teeth weren't in great condition and everything so i went home and i was really bummed out and my mom was like what's wrong didn't you like dr man and i was like well I don't know. He said that maybe I should have gotten my wisdom teeth out earlier and that, you know, my gums weren't in great condition and his politics were really unnuanced. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like, who cares about his politics? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why I care about his so politics. He's my dentist. And she was like, yeah, he's a great dentist. Why do you care? And I was like, I don't know why I care. I don't know why it's so hard for me to embrace this non-negligent dentist. And what does that say about me as a person? Do I not value my oral hygiene? No, I do. I floss more than everyone in this room, except maybe you. Um, and, and do I not value sort of professional ethics? Well, maybe not enough. But... When your dentist is the closest thing to a grandfather that you've ever experienced, you're going to let some of that professional stuff slide just a little bit. Because while time will tell whether Morty has left me with what they call in the profession a healthy smile, he always yeah. left me with a genuine one. Thank you. <laughs> For more stories, head to sparklondon.com. Spark London is produced by Joanna Yates with audio production by Matt Hill at rethinkdaily.co.uk. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.